0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again, as we continue on in this series that we're doing called Take Your Stand. And this series is based on Ephesians six twelve through 18. And um, it's a sub-series of the big series we just finished all on the ministry of encouragement. And that really feel that God is calling us to take a stand in regards to... Ministry of encouragement and the power that it has to impact the world and to change lives for Jesus. And so, um, along the way, we're we're learning some verses, just like we did in that whole other series. I, I had you memorize Hebrews ten nineteen through twenty five. Have you ever tried that lately to make sure it hasn't left your mind? Because it'll leave your mind if you don't. It'll leave. It left, huh? Therefore are four brothers. It'll come back since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. And let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So if you haven't said it for a while, say it or else you'll lose it. If you don't like get back to it once a week, gone. And you spent so much time learning it. don't want you to lose it now. Think about it. I, I really... Try and start my day with that verse. And that's why I had you learn it. If you start if you get them up in the morning and start with that verse, you're on track. You get focused, you get and that's part of what that verse is all about, getting it focused on what really matters. Well, this next set of verses then in Ephesians six twelve through eighteen, I'm having you learn a verse a week, and you should so far know Ephesians six twelve through fifteen. Let's see if I can still do it, having just done the other one and now confusing my poor brain. For our struggle And actually, the verses will come up. You can read them along with me if you don't know them yet. If you're ready upstairs, go to that next slide. I'm not going to look. Are you with me, Tom? i got nothing. All right, let's go. Here we go. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore... Put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be ready to take your stand. And having done everything to stand, stand then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's what you should know so far. For next week, go ahead and learn the next verse, verse 16, which I didn't write down anywhere. And uh, make sure you know it. And that's the, the next verse is about the shield of faith. And uh, it's a very good one. All right? So, so learn that for next week. Because they're, they're important. I lost them. I was going to say, I was about to say something and that's all you got was because it's important. So anyway, it's the best I could do. All right. So far in this series then, what we've talked about in, in taking a stand... Is, is we've talked about standing up to evil, as we got started. Then then we talked about standing alongside the broken, which I said is what integrity is all about. It's standing in true righteousness, the place where truth and righteousness intersect. Uh, last week, we talked about standing against fear. And I said that that takes courage, and that courage is where peace and, and faith intersect. Well, today, what I'm going to suggest to you is that um, we get another one of those points in Ephesians 6.17. And Ephesians 6.17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And, and what I would suggest to you is just the way those other ones intersected integrity and courage, that salvation and the Word intersect at, and here's the first point, life. They intersect at life. Life now, life forever, real life, life. That's where salvation and the word intersect. Check this verse out in 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. This is from the paraphrase, the message. What a God we have, and how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven, and the future starts now, I like that verse and paraphrase just because of the way that uh, they bring out the concepts. And, and what you need to know about this life from that verse is that, that you get your past forgiven. That's how we get a brand new life. That's, that's a good news thing, isn't it? That you get your past forgiven. And, and like, I'm glad, like, you know, because 30 seconds ago was my past, a minute ago, I, it's forgiven. And that's a good thing. The stuff that I've done doesn't need to haunt me. The stuff that I'm ashamed of, I can let go. Um, it's been forgiven. And I can learn from it, but it's forgiven. It, it's, it's not to be what rules my life anymore. And it's not where we're supposed to spend our lives. A lot of people get stuck in the past because of all the things that have either they've done or that have happened to them and they, they don't live where they need to live. So that's all been forgiven. Um, you get a purpose for living. And that verse, it says that we have everything to live for, that that there's a purpose to life. Uh, some people go through life thinking that it doesn't count, that it doesn't matter, that they don't matter, that they, they get stuck in this place where they're just going day to day, and they're just sort of getting up, going to work, going home, going to sleep, getting up, going to work, and they begin to ask the question, what's it all about? Is this all there is? And the answer is, no, there's a lot more to life than that. And that the purpose for life is found in our relationship with Christ. It's in him that that it begins to make sense. It's in him that we begin to see that that it's not this tiny little thing that we've made. It is so much bigger. And our perspective begins to change. And and life takes on meaning. Um, and, And I've suggested in this last 20 some weeks, I've been preaching on the topic of the ministry encouragement, that it's part of the purpose of all of us to be encouragers. And we've looked at it through many different scriptures. And that it's a part of the, the purpose of your life, is to be an encourager. And, and so it's, it's a part of what we're called to do. And it's a great ministry. If you, again, if you haven't gotten in, get in. Because it's, it's great. Um, it's, 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 it's wonderful to start being thankful instead of always thinking about the bad stuff. And it's amazing to encourage people. And it, it just doesn't happen very much. And so, in doing it, you can see that it really does impact people to just get a little bit of encouragement, and that it needs to become a part of what we do. And you also get a future in heaven. If we talk about life and real life and forever life, which, which that verse said, it included a future in heaven. And so, uh, and, and that verse says, and it starts now when you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. So all these neat things come in this uh, concept of salvation. And and the word and and where life uh, is, where it intersects in, in life. And so in this life, in Christ, then your past is forgiven, you get a purpose for living and you get a future in heaven. So that concept then could be, I would sum it up in this next point, which is that this is then the hope of salvation. This is the hope of salvation. 1 Thessalonians 5, eight, But since we belong to the day... Let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. The hope of salvation as a helmet. The, The idea is that the helmet of salvation then guards our heads from attacks on our thinking. And because of the hope of salvation that we have in Christ, our perspective changes. And, and we're no longer consumed then by the, the very small, um, selfish viewpoint of life that, that often sort of consumes us, but we begin to see the, the bigger picture. And, and we live with him forever, and that life begins now. And that, that concept begins to change the way that you interact in life. Um, when, when you really believe that there's more to it than just the sort of day-to-day walking out, that, that there's, a, there's a plan for you, there's a future for you, there's a hope for you, there's a purpose for you, that, that you're part of his story, um, it begins to change the way that you see life. And suddenly, uh, and, and hopefully, instead of everything that happens all of a sudden you know, causing us this, this huge fuss, you know, well, why does all this happen to me, 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 woe is me, you know, all that stuff, we go, you know what, God's bigger than all of this. And and somehow God can use even this mess. Now, isn't it good that God can use a mess? Because I'm, I'm living testimony of that. God can use, see, and, and he can use the messes that we're in. And and yet we, we get so stirred up sometimes. And, and we need to understand that, that our thinking, we've talked about right thinking in that last message. Uh, we need to get our perspective right. We need to get um, what matters from the throne room of God. Second Corinthians 10, 3 and 5 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Um, this, this part of the struggle, the battle um, that can wage in our thought lives is, is where we need to understand that, that we live in a much different dynamic, that, that in Christ there's a much bigger picture. And, and so we, we're not to get our perspective from the culture, which is very fearful right now, we've talked about that, and which is very negative and discouraged and to the point of anti-encouragement, and that that's not where our perspective comes from, but our perspective comes from the very throne of God, and, and that our minds need to be transformed, which is made possible through, point number three, the Word, which is called the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. And so... Um, we, we get this brand new life, and, and it starts now, with a, with a future in heaven, with a purpose for living, our past wiped clean, and, and yet we're still sort of processing a lot of times with some old tapes, um, and it's interesting to me um, how, how old some tapes are sometimes. Because some situations will rise that I haven't thought about in years, and I'll feel an old tape kick up, and I'll go, you know, I don't really think I feel that way anymore. But I haven't really spent much time thinking about it, or considering it, or praying about it, or really seeing what the Bible has to say about it. And see, that's ultimately how we get transformed. Um, And especially when we feel ourselves being consumed by the fear that we talked about last week that's very prevalent in our culture. Um, a new story will pop up, and all of a sudden we'll start feeling funny. And and it's easy to get consumed. <clears throat> We've been very blessed this year. But, but you can tell that that every time a new storm pops up, they want you to get a little fearful. Do you, do you get that? Because you know why? They want you to tune in constantly. And so they, they take storms that are no way coming at us. We better watch that one. <sighs> And, and, and we can go in a million directions, you know, and, and I'm not mocking storms. I hate storms. We've been through enough, And they're, they're, but but it's the fear that makes them so terrible, and it gets hyped. You know, I'm always looking for someone that won't hype those things uh, when, when the time comes. And mostly I just realize, okay, i got to stop. I'm not going to get it from people. I need to go look on the Internet and just look at models and forecasts and... But Okay, now I should be afraid. <laughs> but, you know, in a power, love, and sound mind kind of a way. Like we talked about last week. But, but we have to be careful, and so we, this transformation needs to take place, because we're, we get in Christ, salvation happens, we have this hope now, we have these amazing things happening, and yet our mind's gotta catch up to that whole process, because we've run through life up until that point, processing everything a different way. And, and you might process things, um, without even realizing it, because your parents processed them a certain way. And those tapes might just be in you. And you never really question them. You, they're just there. And, and they stick, you know that stuff sticks with you? When I grew up, we never went to church. I never remember being in church. And there's a picture of me as a little kid going to church for something. I guess I got christened, but it was not a part of our life. And um, uh, I can remember when we would drive around on Sunday anywhere and there was a bunch of traffic, my dad would get mad and he'd call everybody God-botherers. The traffic's bad because of all the God-botherers. That's what he would say. That stuck with me for a long time. You know how a little statement like that can stick with you? And I would find myself saying that, driving around. And, and that had to be processed back out. <laughs> I'm real happy about those people now. <laughs> I am one. But we have all this stuff that we picked up. That, and it, it might be somebody that we trusted that said something, and we just took it in without ever really processing it. And so I, I think throughout our lives we have to be careful that we're always processing through the work. And that's why, you know, I I tell you all the time, you need to be studying the Word. You need to read it. You need to memorize it. You need to spend time with it. Um, It needs to settle on you. Um, And, you know, I challenge you again. If you're a believer and you haven't read the book, you need to read it. Sit down and read it. It doesn't take very long. It looks a little overwhelming. And it's a little chunky to read through. There are points when you think, why am I reading this? But it all makes sense as you read it. Maybe not the first time. But it'll come to you. And then a lot of times you'll be reading something and then later on you go, Hey, I remember reading something about that. And and it's it's something that every believer ought to do. Um, we need the word working in our lives to transform these thought patterns that aren't quite right. And especially as it relates to fear. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing, and perfect will. So, the pattern of the world has to be transformed then, or changed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the pattern of the world. Change it by having your mind renewed. Now, this process happens by the Word of God, by the sword of the Spirit, Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword... It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's pretty powerful stuff. But see, the word of God um, cuts through that mess. And and sometimes if you are processing something and you find that you're in complete opposition to the word of God, Something needs to change. What do you think that might be? <laughs> Probably that thought. Because that, the book's not going to change. And so uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to have, but it's very challenging. Because there's a lot of stuff in the book that's pretty challenging. That's why I tell people to read it. I, sometimes we'll sit here and we'll read a chapter. Uh, we're going through it a chapter at a time on Wednesdays. And I'll, I'll look around and I think, have, have you all read that before? Because that's some tough stuff. And it's got a lot of tough stuff in it, but it's for a reason, and it's good stuff. But we have to read it to understand it and, and to begin to change our perspective and to get a bigger picture about what it's all about and what it means. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, this is from the message paraphrase. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, teaching us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. See, <clears throat> the Word is, is a part of this process that helps us to transform, and it gets us in shape, it gets us ready, and it helps us in life. So, so we have this forever life that started now, and then as we continue to process it, it begins to look different you know, uh, and it's ongoing. I mean, I've been doing this 25 years now, and I'm much different now than when I started. And and things change all the time with me as I keep digging in and try and find the heart of God and and stands that I took and positions that I've had uh, and held on to have to be challenged as the scripture challenged them. I have to think about it again. And that's a good thing. And, and always trying to to find God's heart. Remember, and talking uh, two weeks ago, talking about integrity, always making sure we're not becoming like the Pharisees, which is a constant struggle. And and if we're not honest about it, we'll just become like them. And and we've all got a little bit of that in us, and so we have to be very much aware of it. But the only way to get it is through reading the Scripture and and through studying it, and for you know looking at at the model of Jesus and, and what he comes and says and does, and and how he does it, and how important it is for us to get that he's demonstrating. The heart of God, and and He's demonstrating what humanity was intended to be, and that's how He wants us to live: loving people, caring about people, valuing people. To God, as we've been talking about on Wednesday nights, you've come is that that people are the prize. That's that's what has to be the heart of everything that we do. People are the prize to God. That's it, and and we need to hold that into focus. So. This this idea then of standing with Jesus uh, it ha- takes salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and it and it brings it together. And in that we find life, real life, forever life, forever life. And again, it points us to the ministry of encouragement. You're going to think I'm making this stuff up over time, but check this verse out because we, well, everything points us to the ministry of encouragement. You could say that, and it does. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 through 11. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. just as, in fact, you are doing. See, we're, we're called to this encouragement in so many different ways, in so many different tie-ins, because it's a, it's a demonstration of the love of God moving through us. It's a, it's a reminder of what really matters. It's a putting our, our, our whole lives into his hands and saying, use us, God. And that, that he encourages us to encourage others, because the world desperately needs us. He died for us so that we might live with him. We no longer belong to the night or to the darkness, but we're children of the light and the day. So let us encourage one another and build each other up as we stand with Jesus. Amen? Stand up to evil. Stand alongside the broken. Stand against fear. Stand with Jesus. You know what next week's topic is? Standing in love. And we'll pick it up in Ephesians 6.18 next week. Amen? Amen.